Hello. Hello and welcome. This is the first This Is Your Village podcast, and I am your host, also your director of women's ministry, Amy Thornton. And for our inaugural episode, I am sitting down and talking with Janet Lohr. Janet, thank you for being my guinea pig in this. (laughs) You're welcome. I feel like everybody should know exactly who you are. I see you every Sunday. You're very faithful. But I want you to sort of introduce yourself and tell us how we would know you. Tell us about your family. Okay. Well, um, been at Portico for about 12 years. I'm trying to think how you would know me. For the investors, I laugh sometimes because I think they would know me because I'm always sitting at the table eating my dinner at investor meetings with my checkbook next to me for the church, so writing checks. <laughs> so that's I, I feel like that's how investors will know who I am. But, um, as far as the rest of the church, yeah. Uh, uh, 12 years, a lot of my kids, they're now adults, um, have come through here and are still here. So three kids, which that seems weird to say because they're adults, but... Um, Ethan is here, his wife, Emily, and their two kids, and, um, he's a a community group leader here. So he's, he's kind of solidly here. And then, um, I have a daughter, Tess and his husband and her husband, Elijah, and they're in Georgia and then Abby and Chase, which most people see, uh, on Sundays sitting with us. She's my youngest and she gets married in September. Man. And my husband, and I didn't mention my husband, Greg, but Janet and Greg. So I think some people will know me because I'm Brother Greg's wife. That's that was <laughs> what I was going to ask you if you get that a lot. My children thought for the longest time that we were related to you <laughs> because Brother Greg always would call me Sister Amy. And he, they actually thought that meant we were family. Um, but you do have a lot of family around because you guys are from here, right? Well, we've been here 23 years, um, so I don't that I don't know if you could say I'm from here, but I was <laughs> born and raised in Tidewater in Hampton. Greg was actually born at Martha Jefferson, so he he could probably say he's from here. He's from here, yes. So he was he was born here, but then uh, grew up in Richmond in Mechanicsville, and so coming back here 23 years ago, I think for him was kind of like coming home. So yeah, gotcha. And so what brought what brought you guys to Portico? To Portico? Hmm. Well, when we came to Charlottesville, we were at First Baptist. That was our first church. And we left First Baptist to do a little home church stint for, I'm thinking maybe six years plus. And, and at the end of that journey, we were ready to be back in, a, in church, in, formally in church again, and started talking about where we might go and we had two churches on our list, Portico and Trinity, came to Portico first, and that's that. We never, we came to visit and knew it was where we were supposed to be, so. Well, I, we're awfully glad that you're here. <laughs> I, I actually knew you from First Baptist as well. Uh, the Thorntons and the Lors have known each other a lot of years. Uh, we worshiped together at First Baptist, and then it was sweet to see you guys here when we came over um, 11 years ago, not 12 years. You were here ahead of us. But um, one thing that I have found fascinating because everybody might think of you as being the financial guru because you are our director of finance. You're the one that takes care of all of the the checkbook type things that you have mentioned. 
But one of the things I find fascinating is that you wouldn't have described yourself as a financial guru. What are you actually, how would you actually describe yourself in terms of your, of your uh, talents and, and how you were educated and what you thought you would be doing? Mm. Good question. Well, I went to school to be a mechanical engineer and that's what I did for 10 years at a paper mill in a small town in Franklin, Virginia, and probably thought that's where we would where we would stay. Greg was actually, is actually an electrical engineer and he was at the same paper mill with me. So we actually worked together for the first six years, same department. And uh, we probably thought that's where we would be. And so Greg changed careers, went back to school, got his MBA, totally switched gears and ended up in the financial arena. And so that's what brought us to Charlottesville. And when he came here, he had started his own business. And that's when I started doing his books, as I call it, just, you know, paying bills, but also starting to do some payroll stuff, payroll taxes. And then that's just kind of where it, it led me, really working for his business and then just having a, a general interest in accounting and um, tax prep and trying to learn as much as I, can, I could so that I could uh, really do a good job managing our books and his business. So, And I find that so interesting because I always thought that you probably had a CPA background <laughs> or maybe ran a business, but it's interesting that both of you would start in engineering and end up in finance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and I know that um, Justin, our, our, uh, one of our pastors here, likes to talk about how the, the, the woman has control over the checkbook at Portico. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and I actually have been blessed to be sharing an office with you uh, for at least a brief period of time while I've been here, which has been really sweet for me because uh, many may not realize this, but as you sort of walk through, I, I call it the motherhood, right? It's sort of a neighborhood you live in when you become a mother and you have children and you have three children, three lovely children, and um, they've chosen lovely people to be with, which is, I, I know, awfully nice for you. But when you walk through that, you do figure some stuff out along the way and you are in a unique position to be able to, I don't know, talk mom's further behind you on the journey off the ledge sometimes. So I feel like being able to pick your brain sometimes about just being a mother who's rooted in the word and who's trying to raise her children and still disciple her children in the word. Um, you, it's been really helpful to hear your groundedness there. So I wanted to tell you, I really appreciate that. But you may not remember the very first time that you actually talked me off a ledge with some biblical truth and wisdom in the motherhood. It's been many years ago now. Do you remember that? If you no. say many years ago, no, I do not remember. I was trying. <laughs> I was thinking, what did we talk about when you first when you first started working in Portico? But you've gone back some years, so I may not know. It, act, it actually was a random Sunday evening where I had run out to the grocery store and it was not a good Sunday. And I was in the Harris Teeter in Crozet and happened to run into you in the chip aisle, the chip aisle, I believe <laughs> what it was, because I remember how random is this. I'm just <laughs> running to her over Doritos and we're talking about motherhood. But I was having that moment that I think 
any mother can identify with where you just are sure that that's it. I've screwed it up. This is irrevocable. I've messed this one up. I might as well focus on the other ones. <laughs> um, and you asked me how I was doing and you didn't know me well enough to know I would tell you honestly. And I told you and you just had such an encouraging word for me about um, the limitations of the flesh and that we live in a broken world. And yep, that even includes our kids <laughs> and encouragement to uh, sort of see the big picture and, and double down on the perspective that God is sovereign and everything else will work out. So you didn't even wow. know, did you? You didn't even <laughs> Nope. <laughs> but that's one of the things I appreciate about you. You, you ask, you ask good questions. You really want to know the answer. And then you have a calm way and quiet way kind of of just applying your wisdom and what you know to be true about God to that. So I appreciate that. And that I would that's my plug. Now, Janet, if everybody's <laughs> walking up to you wanting to be talked off the motherhood ledge, you can blame me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you are in the middle of planning, helping plan a couple of big events that are coming up. Um, in your family, which I, I know 2020 put everybody off their stride, but y'all had some, y'all had some interruptions in what, what was being planned in your house. Uh, tell us, tell us about that. What got interrupted and how, how are we seeing God's redemption here? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think you must be talking about at least our first wedding. So, um, in yes. 2020, um, Tess was, her, her wedding was scheduled, I think, originally for May of last year. Yeah. And, of course, you know, COVID had us all scrambling trying to decide, you know, the best way to proceed. And uh, we made the decision for her to go ahead and get married. It was June, not May. We waited a little bit longer in hopes that maybe some numbers would change. And they never really did. So we had a very small wedding for her at our, our house in Madison. Just family. I think they're... I think we even pushed the limits. We had 19. I think we were only supposed to have 10. So, mm. um, so she, she made that decision, which we thought was a great decision to go ahead with that. But when we did, we also made the decision to, if everything was good this year, that we would do a reception for her and have a chance for her to celebrate with a larger group. So that's what we'll be doing uh, June 26th in just a, a week or so. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're really excited for, for that opportunity just to just to get to celebrate what God has done in their life. And now as they celebrate their first um, wedding anniversary. So. Oh, that is exciting. Yeah. You've even now, now if that were not enough, you're <laughs> in addition, Abby is taking the plunge as well. Yes. Yes. So Abby, uh, Abby will get married. She and Chase will get married September 18th. And um, we did keep that one small. Again, you know, COVID was still on our minds and we were planning and just didn't want to have to go back and forth. And she wanted a smaller wedding anyway. So hers will be, hers will be on the smaller side, certainly bigger than 19, but um, she, <laughs> she wanted to keep it small and, and a little more intimate. Uh, so that's, that's September 18th. And then in between all of that, Greg and I are moving. To oh my bill. So yeah, we're trying to see how many things we can accomplish in a, in a very short period of time this year. And just look at all this wisdom <laughs> you're adding to your repertoire. You'll, yeah. you'll know how to talk to people through all kinds of things. Yes. But, so if you're, if you're not, if you're not dealing with all of the finance things of the church, and if you're not um, standing beside brother Greg, while he convinces all the children of the church that we are all in fact related, related, which I love. <laughs> 
because we are, we are all part of the family of God. And that was a sweet way to explain that to my children. Yes. With a practical example. And if you're not um, being the um, wife and mother extraordinaire and uh, talking new moms and, and uh, newish moms off the ledge, what, what kinds of things do you like to do in your spare time? Do you have spare time after all of this thing? <laughs> I, I feel like I do. Um, and I, I sh that's a tough question for me. I don't, I, I, sometimes it doesn't feel like I make enough spare time, but I think, you know, most of the time when I'm not doing those things, I really am hanging out with my husband. We just, we just hang, hang around together a lot and we don't always have grand plans for what that looks like other than, you know, sitting on our deck or sitting in Madison or wherever we are, just, just kind of hanging out and talking. So that's, that's one. Um, I do exercise and I do like it. So I have to say spare time. There is, there is some time in there for that. I was actually thinking about it. Um, you were talking earlier about hobbies and I don't know that I have a lot of hobbies, but, um, I think I do exercise as a hobby. It's not something I do. And I like drag my feet. I just, um, um, I do, I do go to exercise class and enjoy it. So I think that is, that is a spare time thing. That, that absolutely counts as a spare time. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear somebody else say they don't necessarily have grand plans. They just hang out with their husband because we, we enjoy doing that a lot too. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I just, I try to, I, you know, I have a couple of close friends, not many, and I just try to be intentional about making sure that I, I see them face to face, not just chat or text, but actually sit down and talk to them, you know, across a, a lot of times across some food or, you know, wherever we can squeeze in some time if it's a walk or something like that. So, well, what, what is your favorite food? That <laughs> might be, a, that might be a loaded, it'd be a loaded question for me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's probably a tough one. Um, cause it can range. I'll give you a range. I actually really like pizza. Um, mm, good I, choice. I, um, laugh here at work. Cause I think if you look at my profile on at work, it'll mention something about tortilla chi chips because I just, you know, love nachos, anything with a tortilla chip, be it cheese dip salsa. So love tortilla chips. But, um, as I was thinking about meeting with this one friend that I always, um, the one thing we're always eating across from each other is, a is a juice laundry bowl. I'm a big fan. So I'd have to say that's a favorite food too. So, oh, and I've never, I have never, <laughs> so I'm going to have to do a little research on this. Um, yeah. And you also, of course, because you've been active in Portico for many years, you've also been active in community groups. Mm -hmm. um, what community group are you a part of now? <laughs> well, for a few more weeks, we're a part of our own. Um, Greg and I lead a community group um, in Crozet, well, Ivy, Crozet area, but we are, because we're moving, that's going to be changing a bit so we we're finishing up in june and our plans are to get relocated to earliesville and then reconnect with edward and see you know if it's if there's a need in that area for a, a community group where we feel like the lord has led us to do that to be community group leaders um and it may have been it was only for this short season that we were that we were to do it but um for now we've talked to edward and we're gonna not take a break from community group we might join one while we're waiting but decided it was probably best for us to get to our new place, get settled in, and then revisit to see kind of what it looks like for us for the future for that. 
Well, that does make sense because community group, the idea is to be around the people that you are actually like right. <laughs> near yeah. and doing life with, yeah. which doesn't always work exactly perfectly, but yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So we have talked about your hobbies and we have talked about your children and we've talked about brother Greg, which I feel like was important to, to touch on there. Um, and, and um, your time here at Portico, how, how many years have you been on staff here now? I actually staff was 2012, September, 2000, September of 2012. So does that mean I'm headed towards nine, I guess? I think so. Yeah. That's quite a, yeah. that's quite a sojourn here because yeah. um, it feels like ministry staffs especially can be very um, active in terms of who's moving on and moving off. It can, right. it can be a little bit of a revolving door uh, yes. on some cases. Yes. Well, in the time that you've been here, you've seen Portico go through a lot of different iterations. Um, and you are, you are still here and still worshiping <laughs> and still working. And, um, and we have, I personally appreciate the, the longevity there and the fact that, that I could sort of always count on. I'm going to see you guys. What service do you, do you normally go to? We are normally 11. Greg and I have talked that once um, when Abby gets married and we're, officially empty nesters. I imagine we might migrate towards the nine. So um, we'll be at the 11 for a little bit longer and then we'll see what, what it looks like in the fall. So, okay. Well, I don't know about you, but I always feel like with having more than one service, there are times when I think, mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, I haven't seen so-and-so so many weeks. <laughs> How are they gone? And then you go, no, they've just been faithfully coming to the other service. That's that right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I always, I like to think about when I'm talking to the women of Portico, because we've been talking about this whole concept of discipleship and that it's, it's a road, it's a journey that we're on. And it's, it's part of the journey of sanctification that we're concentrating on, on our relationship first and foremost with Jesus Christ, because otherwise the rest of it doesn't make any sense. But um, that's the first relationship. And that on this road, we have people ahead of us, behind us and beside us. So we've got spiritual mothers, daughters and sisters. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also talked to you specifically about how I feel like every time I come in the doors of Portico, because it's such a young congregation, it's such a young church that I age 20 years. <laughs> because all of a sudden people are asking me questions or putting me in roles that I would have put, you know, the women much, much, much more advanced in age than me in um, at our previous churches. And I'm, I think you have shared, you've also felt that way that, mm -hmm. that people are asking you to be. Um, so I think that whereas you and me, we may not have felt like we were functioning as spiritual mothers, like maybe that was not where we were quite getting to on the road but now portico's kind of put us in this yes. place mm -hmm. um which makes things <laughs> a little a little tricky sometimes i definitely have to pray a lot for wisdom yes um but that means that there's also not as many people if we're talking specifically ages and stages that are beside you that are true sisters um, I think, and I'm going to say this and, and you're going to not like it again, but you're going to have to get used to it because I'm still going to call <laughs> you guys. I'm going to call y'all the greats. Yes. I call the women, the women over 50 at Portico, the greats, because, um, they have been walking with Jesus a while and being faithful and, um, they're becoming great in their faith. Uh, so you, you're part of the greats. Do you feel like being in such a young church 
and you're young, but do you feel like that means that you've had to assume some roles that maybe you weren't anticipating having to assume? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think most of the time it, it has felt pretty natural and like it, it was, it was okay to kind of be in that place of discipling and helping. And I think it's, uh, mostly be- because a lot of the ladies that I've, I've talked with and spent time with, it's been kind of a natural thing between community group or I've met them somewhere. So it hasn't been like we were forced together, like I'm yeah. the older lady, you're the younger lady. So we have to sit down and, and make this work. So I think, I think for the most part, I've been okay with that. I think once I got used to being in a church, just kind of walking in the doors and realizing, okay, this is, this is a young church and I'm, an older person here. And so what that, what is that going to look like? So, um, and I think when we first came, we made the decision to jump into the community group that was, um, I'd like to say it was a mix. It was a little bit, there were a couple of us in there who were older, but the rest, the rest of those that were in our community group were young couples. And at that time didn't even have children. Mm-hmm. So I think from the very beginning, we kind of knew that was where God had brought us. So I, I think maybe we weren't as surprised because of that. It just was an adjustment. Like this is what, this is where God's brought us. And this is, let's see what this is going to look like. So uh. Um, it is an adjustment. And I, (laughs) I appreciate that you've done it with so much grace because I feel like when I'm just speaking with individual women at Portico, um, they all that know you are very quick to point out that you have done something or said something encouraging to them along their journey. So I appreciate that. Well, is there anything that you would like to see women's ministry conquer that they haven't, hasn't been conquered there so far? And that's kind of a, that's not fair, big (laughs) question, but like, for instance, is there a specific favorite Bible teacher that we have not used before that you would like for maybe to use or um, some other way that we event or way that we could connect people that we're not doing or something we've done in the past that you really liked and want more of? Um, I'm, re- you know, I'm going to put a, uh, this is going to be an Amy plug, but okay. I've just been really blessed um, by how you've walked into your role and have just really tried to identify our women all across the, you know, across the board, age wise, stage of life, um, what we might, individual women might be struggling with. And I just think you've done a great job of trying to connect with, I hate to put us in groups, but you know, a little (laughs) bit of that happens, but I just think you've done a great job of trying to identify what, who we are as the women of Portico and how you can minister. So I'm, I'm going to have to just say, I think you're doing a great job on that. And I am, um, um, I can't think of anything right now that I think we're missing. I think, you know, you're work, you're working towards that and it has been beautiful to watch um, you do that. And I, I mean, I think the women are responding to that and it's, it just looks sweet. So I will say I have, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, reading through the Bible um, with the ladies. Um, that's been very motivating and it's been a while since I've probably solidly been, I, I've, I've always tried to have a very, you know, I've had my quiet time and it's a, a very big part of my life and I have tried to be very committed to it. But um, this has been very sweet to be in God's word every single day and just kind of staying, staying with the plan. It's been, it's been motivating and fun and um, 
very educational. And there's just something about knowing that there's a, a big group of women that are doing that with you. When I, when I pull up my app every morning and see that number of, there's 97 of us out there, you know, plus it's, it's, it's just been really sweet. So that's been a, that's been a really uh, beautiful thing. Oh, well, it, it feels like I, set that, I teed that right up for you. <laughs> Tell me what a great job I was doing, which was not my intention. Um, but I genuinely appreciate, um, I find that high praise indeed from, from you because I, I admire you. So thank you. Um, I, I truly believe that the women of Portico are just amazing. And we have oh, so much to offer each other. Amen. Um, and so many things to learn together, which I'm glad you mentioned the Bible reading because I, I genuinely thought I'm just going to do another year of reading the Bible and I'm going to love it. But I really did not know how much okay. I would love reading it with the women. And I, I'm telling you, it feels like this kind of thing, it might be here to stay. It, I might just keep rolling it over yeah. every year and letting people jump in and jump out as they yeah. feel they're able because of how much it's, it's given me. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, you're welcome. You, you were talking to me at some point over our weeks together about um, your quiet time. And mm -hmm. maybe, a, maybe a good place to end this would be just to talk about what your quiet time looks like, because I think everybody's quiet time is different. And I think we can kind of learn from hearing what other people do. What, what, what do you do for your quiet time? Yeah, it's been uh, pretty much the same for a long time. And it just try to be, I mean, I always struggle with saying I'm there every day because it sounds like I'm, I'm trying to brag and I'm really not. It's just, it's just what I have to do <laughs> to stay to stay grounded and sane and mm -hmm. self-controlled and oh, yeah. all, the, all the things that I struggle with. I just know my feet have to hit the ground in the morning and get as quickly to a place that I could just sit with Jesus as, as quickly as I can. So it, it, it is, it's for the most part daily and it's always in the morning. It's, um, it's always uh, usually before anybody else is up uh, because that I, I need quiet. I need a, a little bit of dark, even um, just quiet space that I can just really be alone. And because I do like to talk out loud when I pray. So I, I need a space to be able to do that. And um, for me, it just looks like sitting and kind of starting to just pray and talk with Jesus and kind of settle myself to be ready to hear and read and listen to him. And then I, um, well, at least for this year, it has been reading through the Bible very <laughs> specifically, you know, chapter by chapter, but Generally, it, it's always, uh, you know, in times past, I have, for a long time, it's been in several different books of the Bible at one time. So I would sit down and I, you know, I might be, you know, like I said, I might be in Genesis and I would be in Psalms and in Proverbs and maybe in a prophet and then somewhere in the New Testament as well. So just, I always just try to be constantly in his word and just reading mm -hmm. through it in, at some kind of pace it may take me two years, three years, however many years to get through it all the way, but trying to read it all the way through. And, um, I do journal and I just, I write down what I think he's saying to me, what something new I may have learned about him. And, um, even, you know, journal some things I might be struggling with that I'm asking him to help me with. And, mm. and then, so that's, that's regular. And then I just try to uh, keep a, a list somehow of people, people and things that I'm praying for and interceding for. Now, and this is going to be another Amy plug, but you mentioned the, the little prayer bowl thing. So I've started that this year and I just have all my 
I have lots of cards and pieces of paper thrown in a bowl with people's names and requests and what I'm praying for. And I, I try to go through my bowl a couple times a week just to make sure I'm, you know, kind of catching mm-hmm. the ones that I might have forgotten. And they're on a piece of paper. So I grab the paper and pray for them. So that's, that's kind of what it looks like pretty wow. much every day. So. Well, I appreciate that because <laughs> I know how hard it is to, um, yes, to stay, as my dad always says, keep it between the ditches. Like, yes, <laughs> they lined up, lined up going towards Jesus. And yes. I, appreciate, I appreciate your example there of, of being in the word every day. And, um, and I'm glad the prayer bowl is working for you. Yes. I find yes. something I can pick up and hold is easier for me to, to concentrate on. Yes. Absolutely. But thank you so much for being my first interview. You will forevermore be episode one of This Is Your Village, Portico Women. Um, but I, I thought it was important to start with one of our greats and with someone who had, had been here for a little while. And, and the fact that you're also on staff is just like the icing on the cake mm. and the bonus. So we appreciate it. But thank you. Um, I hope that everyone will stay tuned because I'm going to just start working my way through. So if you get a phone call or a text or an email from me asking to interview you this way, you now will know you can go to Janet and she'll tell you, hey, it's not that painful. You can do it. (laughs) That's right. It's a half hour of your life. It's all good. (laughs) Thank you very much, Janet, for joining me. And thanks, guys, for listening. And just stay tuned for the next Portico Women, somebody new to meet in the village. Have a great day.